Hello and welcome to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection podcast. I am your anchor host, Deb Bowen, and I'm just so delighted and honored that you are joining me as we move into the holiday season in the United States and certainly in other parts of the world as well with many, many, many holidays coming up as we move into this winter season. I am here with you this week um, alone because uh, it's a holiday and uh, everybody's busy and I have a few things I want to share with you um, that have been on my mind as the season is unfolding for me. Some things I've been thinking about, some things I've been talking to friends about, and, and I just want to share these ideas with you so that maybe some of the thoughts that we've had, the ideas that we have put forth, will be in some way helpful and inspiring to you as well. And also, uh, later in the hour, we'll share with you some exciting things that I have coming up for January that I'm just really, really, really excited about that I want to tell you all about. So if it's uh, safe for you to do so, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and be present with me in this time together. Take another deep breath. And just one more for fun. And feel yourself just letting go of the world around you for just a little while as you are with me and so many other folks listening during this hour. So it would seem logical, I think, on this week before Thanksgiving that I would be talking about gratitude. And I am. I'm gonna. Just warning here. I am going to talk about gratitude but perhaps not necessarily in the way that you might think. Because when we think about gratitude, it brings up all those blessings in our lives that we feel like we should be grateful for. And indeed we should. But there's more to gratitude than that. And I'm going to be talking about that in just a little bit. But I first just want to talk about the season of autumn, just this time of the year. Uh, As I record this episode this week, uh, we are in Scorpio, and then we're going to be moving into uh, Sagittarius here later in this week. And Scorpio for me, and, and Sagittarius to some extent, have always been a time of both extreme joy and melancholy. My, my favorite season of the year, my favorite turn of the wheel is the Libra time of the year, partly because it's my birthday and partly because I just am so grateful for the cooler weather, the turning of the leaves, the changing of the season that comes in the fall. But Scorpio and Sagittarius bring with them, for me, a sense of melancholy. There is something both breathtakingly beautiful and so sad at watching leaves fall from a tree and watching those naked branches silhouetted against a sunset. I I have been known to pull my car over to the side of the road and just cry when I have seen that 
when I had been driving along a highway. And I don't know what makes that bubble up in me. I'm not sure where that comes from, but it's been there all my life. There's always been that sense for me of, of both loss and sadness and a sense of desolation in that uh, landscape that happens this time of year. And yet I love this time of year. So I'm not sure what that um, really is all about, but I'm curious to know if, it, if this time of year affects you that way as well. Recently on our Quest for Connection Facebook page, I posted a, a version of an old, old song called Autumn Leaves by Eva Cassidy. And I posted that particular version because I so love Eva's work and, and I just, I'm so sorry that she is, has gone from us so young. But what an amazing voice. And that song, the lyrics, capture this feeling of melancholy that, that I have for this time of year. And yet, it is also a time of rejoicing for me. Because as I said, I do love the cooler weather. I do love the, the snuggling in of, of the coming of winter. Years and years and years ago, uh, a lovely friend of mine who has also passed on wrote a beautiful poem uh, about her relationship with winter. And the last line of the poem is, and learn to winter appreciate before winter comes. And that line has been so much a part of the lexicon of my life for many, many years during this time of the year. And so it is a time of appreciation for the turning of the wheel, for the gifts that winter brings to us as well. Now, I live in a beautiful place where winter is not harsh. Winter is gentle most, for the most part where I live. I, am, I live in a place where uh, the Internet jokes about where if there is a snowflake, you know, for some reason we have to have milk and bread and eggs, and I don't know why. Um, so I do. I, I, I live in a very gentle place for, for winter, but I certainly have many friends who live in parts of the world where winter is not so gentle. I remember the first time I went to visit friends in South Dakota in the winter, and the prediction for weather uh, for the weather while the week I was there was that it was going to be minus 25. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, once it gets past zero, it's just cold. I mean, good golly, cold is cold. I was wrong. I, I confess, I, I had no idea that minus 25 felt dramatically different than zero, and it does. So I, I get that and I respect that. But there was also such a joy in experiencing that radical temperature change from what I was used to. And so my point here that I'm zigging and zagging and winding and weaving all over the place about is that our awareness of our environment, our connection to Mother Earth, our connection to the turning of the wheel, to the changing of the seasons, to the honoring of the holidays. All of that is a gift for which I think I personally have to be beyond grateful for. To, to every single day, to have a moment 
where I am grateful for the weather, whatever it is. I am grateful for the trees around me, for the ocean next to me, me, whatever, whatever is your world, the prairies that you see, whatever that is, a moment of gratitude for the diversity and the variety and the wonder of our connection to Mother Earth and all of her beings. And this is, this is what is part of the joy for me and what is part of the sadness for me. Because I, I don't know about you, but I, I can't help but see so much um, sadness in the destruction of the world around me. Also on our Facebook page not too long ago, I, I did a post uh, with a quote from Julia Butterfly Hill. You may remember her. She was the gal who named the tree uh, Luna the redwood tree that she lived in for more than a year, I believe, in California. And and she, in the course of her work in trying to save that tree, she said lots of wonderful things. But this sentence stuck with me so strongly so many years ago. And the sentence is, when we throw something away, where is away? And if you look at the plastic in the ocean, or you look at the devastation from the recent hurricanes from Florence and from Michael, and you see all of that debris and waste, where does it go? Where will it be? Such, such destruction from a natural disaster and such destruction from, from what we build and create as human beings. So that's a part of the sadness and the melancholy of this time of year for me too. And yet, and yet in this time of gathering darkness, every day, every day the sun sets one minute earlier in my world. I think yesterday it was at 5.03 p.m. when the sun was setting. I think today it'll be at 5.02. So as, as the days get shorter, as the darkness gets greater, I also know that we are moving towards a time of light, a time of shifting of energy. When we come to the winter solstice in December and the wheel turns again, and we move into a time of light, there is hope. And even in this darkness, this time of going within, this time of sadness, of, of all the emotions that we feel, as we enter into this holiday season and this time of darkness, there is always that glimmer that the wheel will turn again and the light will come again. Um, Many years ago, I I don't know why, I say this is what I mean about this reminiscence and melancholy thing. Uh, I... um, was acquainted with a Unitarian minister, and he wrote, his name was Rick Maston. Rick Maston wrote this beautiful little book called Let It Be a Dance. And there was a line in one of his poems, I think it was the title poem, that said, let it be a dance we do. May I have this dance with you through the good times and the bad times too. Let it be a dance we do. For without the dark, there can be no light. So let it be a dance. And, and I think that's 
wonderful. I think that it's important to realize that we dance with the seasons, uh, that we dance in the darkness, and that we dance to honor and bring on the coming of the light. So just just give that some, some thought as we approach the holidays. And as we approach the holidays, this is a time of thinking about family and connections among friends. I got a phone call last night from a friend telling me that a mutual friend of ours had recently had a stroke and was wheelchair-bound. And this uh, man was such a, a vibrant, active man. He was a boat builder. And it just broke my heart to hear about that. He lives in a, another city, and uh, but we're going to all get together here very sh- shortly and, and reminisce and celebrate. And so that, that, of course, brought up the thoughts of many friends from all over the world. And this time of year makes me want to just gather everybody in. It's that nurturing, gathering in for the winter uh, thing that, that happens, at least to me, where I want all my people to be together. And I want everybody to celebrate and to be together and to find joy in, in this broader sense of the word family. Now, I also know that that idea is very Norman Rockwellish. I also know that it is not very realistic for most of our families, uh, even mine, even mine, where that's just not always going to be the case. But what do we do? You know, there are lots of ways to, quote, survive the holidays with um, as an old friend of mine says, the fam family. And, and there are. There are ways to do that. Um, but I think that if we can, again, pause, which is one of the reasons I ask you to pause and take a deep breath at the beginning of this uh, broadcast. If we can pause and really look at the soul, the heart, within each of our family members and friends during this holiday season and honor the spirit that is there beyond our differences, beyond our conflicts, beyond whatever may be going on in the family drama that all of us have. If we can do that, I think it will make things easier. And if you need a break, take it. Go out on the porch and breathe for a minute. Go for a walk. Do, do whatever you need to do uh, so that you are grounded and centered and in some way connected to the world around you to give yourself time to be able to, to, to really remember um, to bring to be membering again to come back into membership with the people around you, and that really you you really may love. Uh, go out and touch a tree and ask that tree to give you strength. Sometimes that's very helpful, you know. And remember that this too shall pass. One of my mother's favorite lines: 
this too shall pass. You know, it's Thanksgiving dinner. It's a couple of hours. Uh, it may not be forever. Same is true, of course, for um, the other holidays that are that are coming up. It's a finite period of time. You have done things more difficult. You can get through this too. Now, I say all of that as if trial and tribulation of the holidays is the primary focus here, and I don't mean for it to be because I don't I, I don't believe that it is. I think that there is. Um, such joy and rejoicing and traditions. I, I really love traditions. Don't, I don't know about you, but um, it's important to me that Thanksgiving dinner is the traditional Thanksgiving dinner in my world. And it's important to me that uh, certain traditions happen in my home for um, the Yuletide holidays. Now, and there are things that I do that may not actually anymore be a part of my belief system, but they come from my childhood, and they are a way of honoring the tradition with which I grew up and honoring uh, my family. For example, um, while my practices are no longer specifically Christian, I have my parents' nativity set, and it is old and battered and... <laughs> there's a hole in the donkey's head and I mean you know it's it's something else but I put it up every year because it brings back such lovely memories and it's so much a connection to my family so think about the whys that you you do things why are you um following a particular tradition or a particular path and if it's a reason that brings you joy, that is an obligation that you're happy to fulfill, as I am with, with my mom's and dad's nativity set, then, then do that. Um, and give yourself permission to just let things be. But again, you know, I, when I set that nativity set up every year, I remember it's only up for a couple of weeks. And that's not a long period of time to honor many years of, of history and family tradition and love. And so I'm happy to do it. I really am. So think about that for yourself as, as well. Let me take a break here for just a minute. I want to talk about, I'm getting to the gratitude stuff and uh, this period of reflection. But let me take a break for a minute here and give you some information that I want you to have and that I hope uh, you will find important and helpful. Uh, first of all, you are listening to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection podcast, and I am your anchor host, Deb Bowen. You can connect with us. That was the whole point of creating this podcast, was uh, bringing people together of different worldviews, different faiths, different beliefs, uh, and having a platform in which there can be respectful discourse and honoring of worldviews. So you can connect with us in many ways. You can hear this podcast and all of our previous podcasts on our uh, hosting platform, which is Blog Talk Radio. So you can hear us at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash connection. You can also hear us weekly on iTunes. If you do an iTunes search, 
You can find us, Deb and Friends Quest for Connection. You can connect with us on Facebook, Deb and Friends Quest for Connection. You can send me an email at debandfriends at gmail.com. So we're just really excited to have you connect with us on our Facebook page, on our um, podcast, on my email, and on my website, which is debbowen.com, D-E-B-B-O-W-E-N, two Bs. So we would love to hear from you, love to have you connect with us uh, in any way that you might like. And then, in addition to that, I want to tell you about my plans for the winter. I have been, for a very long time, trying to develop, create a way in which all of that body of esoteric thought, that metaphysical, meaning beyond physical way of thinking, that so intrigues me, that so connects me to the stars, the cosmos beyond, to the ground upon which I stand, and to the internal workings of all beings. That seems huge and daunting to me. And so I've decided to try to put that concept of that connection to the stars and the earth and myself and to others in some kind of a linear progression. So I have created a course that I'm calling Wisdom of the Sages, Turning the Wheel of Discovery. And what we'll do in this course is we'll begin in January, and I have an outline of the courses which you can, the topics, not really courses, the topics that you can see on my website. And each week we'll move from one topic to another putting all of this together in some way that at least for me, I think, is meaningful and I hope will be for you. So come January, uh, Wisdom of the Sages, Turning the Wheel of Discovery is a new series of courses that I will be offering. They're taught, it's taught by a teleconference. So all you have to do to join from wherever you are in the world is dial in to a call-in number and uh, you're connected to me and to your classmates as we do a a teleconference kind of of course. Uh, So that begins in January, although I need to tell you it is now here the week before, uh, like the last week of November, and that course is already filling. It's up on my website, the information, so it's already beginning to fill. And then in addition to that, uh, I will be teaching my introductory to tarot course which is entitled unlocking the mysteries of tarot and and it is a an intensive three session uh beginner course each each session runs for three consecutive weeks each class is an hour and a half and it really does give you a nice overview and introduction to working specifically with the weight rider tarot that is one of the oldest decks that's out there. It is the one, in my opinion, that most closely follows the medieval traditional tarot from um, you know, the 1400s and has, for me, the deepest collection of symbolism from many world beliefs, from 
Egyptian mythology, Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Christianity, uh, Hebraic thought, Celtic thought, uh, and even a couple of Hindu symbols are a part of uh, the Weight Rider deck. So that's uh, the deck that I teach from as the basis of the work that I do, and I've been reading Tarot for nearly 40 years and teaching it for almost that long. So would love to have you consider joining that class as well. In addition to Wisdom of the Sages and the Tarot course, I'm also starting a book club, which is free. Um, You're welcome to join my book club. I'd love to have you do that. We're going to meet once a month um, uh, starting in January. I'm starting the book club. Uh, I made an executive decision uh, to start the book club with one of my favorite metaphysical books, one of the books that has most impacted my way of thinking. It's a little tiny book. It's called Illusions by Richard Bach. That's the book we're going to start with, and then we'll have some discussion about where we go from there each month. Uh, So you can find out details and information about uh, Wisdom of the Sages, Turning the Wheel of Discovery, a series of courses about my Tarot course, Unlocking the Mystery of Tarot, and my book club, Deb and Friends, uh, Wisdom of the Sages book club, all on my website at www.debbowen.com. So hope that uh, any or all of this will resonate for you and that you will join me in our quest together for um, understanding the way the wheel turns in our lives. So. Thank you for that. Long commercial, sorry, but I wanted to share that information with you. So as we think about this time of year, this closing out of the calendar year, this time of darkness and yet such a need for holidays, it is for me always a time of reflection. I, I often ask myself, and, and back in the days when I was a teacher in a traditional classroom, I would ask my students these questions. Who are you? Where is home? Where are you going? And I think that those three questions are really important. And I think that our answers to them are profound and in some ways, unknowable. And it is the answer to those questions, I think, that we most often seek in our lives. Who are you? Gosh, we could talk for years on that question, couldn't we? And the answer is, I I don't know. For me, that's the answer. I don't know. I know who I think I am. I know who I think I've been. I have some notion of who I'd like to be. But the answer for that question for me, who am I, is an eternally evolving answer. Because who I am today isn't who I am yesterday and probably isn't going to be who I am tomorrow. But yet there's a core is a core of who I am that has remained steadfast and unchanging for as long as I can remember. 
at least in this lifetime. But how am I impacted by prior lifetimes? Or are those even prior lifetimes if time isn't linear, but who am I perhaps in another dimension? Ooh, I could go off on all sorts of tangents with that question. And in fact, I think that's a really good topic for an upcoming podcast, perhaps in the new year. But who are you? And that notion of self-reflection, that notion of really looking at ourselves, the good, the bad, the ugly, the evolution, is intrinsic and imperative for our growth process. To really ask ourselves that question. Not necessarily that we get an answer. I think what it does, for me, at least when I ask that question, who am I, is it it precipitates more questions. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to come from a place of not knowing. The same is true for me for where is home. Most of us, I think, when we're asked that question, where is home, think of a physical place, perhaps a place that we grew up, where we grew up, a place that is near and dear to our hearts, that um, resonates with us in some way. But it's also an internal place. When, When I think of, when if you ask me that question, where is home? I am sitting on a beach because I'm an old beach girl. It's how I grew up. It's who I am. Mother Ocean is so much a part of me. And I am so much a part of her. And yet, um, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I don't know how to tell you how I know, but I know that Mother Ocean here on the East Coast where I live is, is so much a part of the answer of that where is home. But I know that the first time I stood on that cliff overlooking the castle at Tintagel in Cornwall, with tears streaming down my face, I knew I was home. I knew I had lived before in that place. Even even as I'm telling you this, I'm tearing up, thinking about a place for which I long. Um, now, if, if I could live in Cornwall, I would. Um, I can't. Like, I can't do that for a lot of reasons. But um, But that's home for me, too. And yet, I also have other places from other lives that are home. The prairie of South Dakota is a home place for me. I I don't resonate particularly with other geographic places, uh, and yet there, there are others that I do. There are places that I know I have lived in past lives that I never want to see again, and I know that as well. So home has meanings both physically in this lifetime and physically for me in other lifetimes. But home is also an internal place. It is where am I at home in my own skin? Uh, Another topic we'll be covering in the uh, new year is how fairy tales can be metaphors for so much in our lives. And I will be talking about uh, the silky, the legend of the silky, 
And what a gift that is to thinking about being at home in your own skin, in your own soul. So where is home for you? And then the third question that I ask myself this time of year and this time of reflection is where are you going? And the only way for me to figure out where I'm going is to look at where I've been. And what were the roads and paths that I've taken to get to where I am today? And are they roads and paths upon which I want to continue? Or are there new roads, new paths that I want and need to explore? And I don't, I don't always know the answer to where are you going. Um, <laughs> psychic that I am. I can't always figure that out for myself, but but I can certainly say I'm open to new adventures. I think this is the direction that spirit is leading me, leading me. But what I think is important is to ask, is to ask for that guidance, to ask to be led, to be shown. So who am I? Where is home? Where am I going? Are my reflection questions that I ask myself during this dark time of the year. And I have this tradition that I've been doing for more years than I want to tell you that has been such an important part of my growth process and my journey. I am a huge journaler. I I journal a great deal. And one of the things that I begin to do, usually in early to mid-December, is I begin a section of my journal called the Year in Review. That's, I, I don't know why I named it that, but because that's what it is, really. Maybe that's why. So the Year in Review. And I spend some time writing about the events and landmark shifts that happened over the past calendar year uh, that have impacted where I am at that moment in time in December. And and I'm able to, when I do that, to see patterns, to see learning opportunities that I, A, took and B, missed. Um, and And that begins to help inform where that path is going in the future, I think. So to really have that quiet time, and I really do sit down with a cup of tea and my journal and my calendar, actually, from the year, and I reminisce and I reflect and hopefully learn and grow from the experience of looking back so that I can begin then to look forward. That works for me, just a thought that, might be helpful to you, but it is certainly uh, an important piece of of my journey for me as the wheel turns again. And in December, I will be doing an episode, and I hope with some of my uh, colleagues here on Quest for Connection, I'll be doing an episode about turning into uh, the light, the wheel of the year turning towards the light time of the year as we do at the winter solstice. And we'll talk about that symbol of light. But in the meantime, this is a time of honoring the darkness 
of saying thank you. Now we're to that gratitude piece of the hour. Of saying thank you for gifts that we have received that may not necessarily feel like something for which we should be grateful. Being grateful for the hard lessons. Being grateful for the hard time. And I know that's hard. I know that's hard. As as we, where I live, experienced Hurricane Florence, still experiencing Hurricane Florence. Believe me, folks, it may not be in the news anymore, but I promise you, Hurricane Florence is not over where we live. Even Even as I am recording this now, more than two months after the storm, I am listening to the sounds of a neighbor's roof actually getting finally rebuilt. There are still piles of debris on my street. So so I would say, and, and I can't even imagine what the folks from Michael are still going through that we're not hearing about. I, I can't even imagine what what that world is like down there in Florida. It's hard to be grateful for that. It's hard to say thank you for a natural disaster. That seems oxymoronic and counterintuitive. And yet, I have watched communities come together. I have watched people care. I have seen people reassess what they value, what they cherish, what they love. I have watched people just do amazing things for each other. And for that, I am grateful. The hard lessons are the ones that really are the ones that for me have to do with deep, deep, deep gratitude. So I don't know about you. I don't know what resonates for you in terms of this holiday season. I I certainly have friends, uh, first people friends, particularly people of the, the Lakota people who have a lot to say about this holiday of Thanksgiving. And I respect and, and honor the places that they come from and the emotion that this holiday brings up for them. But I also know them well enough to know my friends, not, not as a group of people, but my particular friends, uh, I know that gratitude for them is something you do every day. It isn't once a year. And we all say that. I mean, I know that that each of us connected to this podcast say, well, you know, yes, I say thank you every day. And we do. Many of us do. I say the first words out of my mouth in the morning. I'm grateful that I woke up and I'm alive. And I say thank you for this day before I go to sleep at night. I do that every day. But I try really hard not to do that by rote. I try really hard to do that and mean it in a deep way of of really truly saying thank you every day for lessons learned, for gifts given, for the darkness, for the sadness, for the joy, for all those emotions, all that it means to be human and connected in a physical plane to so much around me and be connected in a cosmic plane 
to that which is unseen and unknowable and yet so important and meaningful, but certainly in my life. So I invite you to uh, approach the coming holiday season with a sense of joy, with a sense of childlike wonder, with a sense of reverence, with a sense of this too shall pass, <laughs> that's what you need to do, uh, and to remind yourself that you are home wherever you are. So thank you so very much for being with me on this episode of Deb and Friends Quest for Connection podcast. I am so grateful to have you here. I so hope that this podcast adventure resonates for you. I hope our Facebook page does and the posts that uh, we create for that. And I hope that you will take a look at my website. And if any of the course offerings that I have coming up in uh, winter resonate for you, please uh, sign up. Love to have you with me, www.debbowen.com. In the meantime, thank you again so very much for being with me, and keep questing, and I'll be back with you soon. Take care.